Welcome to my podcast with ideas to help you get a better handle on life. For this episode, I've uploaded part of my Difficult People track I recorded some years ago. Hints on Handling Difficult Behaviour was originally produced as a cassette tape, and even though I recorded it some 20 years ago, as I still get questions around the difficult behaviours included here, the tactics I talk about for dealing with behaviour are still relevant. This is the first of two episodes. The second will be published in my next podcast. So, over to you and enjoy the show. So what am I talking about here? Because, of course, difficult people can undermine our best efforts and ruin the quality of our lives. But what I'm really talking about is people's difficult behaviour. When people use difficult behaviour in personal relationships, especially over a long period, it can wear us down so that we're no longer able to enjoy life and begin to wonder what happened to our old spontaneity. Our ability to cope suffers. Those difficult types can also cause untold stress in organisations. It's estimated that in any given situation, about 10% of people will be manifesting difficult behaviour at any given time. This means that if you're dealing with the public, statistically speaking, every tenth person you come up against is likely to become difficult, quite apart from the people you have to deal with inside the organisation, such as co-workers and colleagues. We've all known situations in which we felt overpowered or disempowered by the words or actions of another person. Often it may have been an ongoing situation, undermining us until we began to think of ourselves as incapable or incompetent. What is it about these difficult people that means they can get away with it? Remember, each time they do, it not only leaves us feeling frustrated, angry, bitter, disappointed, it also reinforces their very conduct. Their bad conduct, and the more the tactics work for them, the less reason they have to change. But it can be changed. The skills for nipping that behaviour in the bud, for heading off that destructive and demoralising behaviour, for maintaining our own self-esteem, can be learned. And with the right information and a little preparation and practice, that difficult behaviour can be short-circuited. That's what I should be talking about here on this tape. I've broken these difficult characters down into eight basic types. We shall be demonstrating the do's and don'ts of dealing with those difficult types of behaviour. And at the end of the tape, you'll have a set of tools available to you to handle almost any difficult situation. Before we get on to identifying those eight most troublesome types of people, here is a powerful six-step approach to any difficult situation. Regardless of the circumstances, the person or the people you're confronted by, this is the stop, look and listen approach to problem-solving in challenging situations. Why do we need it? Well, most of us act spontaneously, most of us act in a pre-programmed way when we're confronted by difficult behaviour. So I think it's very important to adopt some technique which allows us to remain in control, to remain objective, and to be aware of where we are in that interaction. I call it the assume technique because it will allow you to assume an active position of control and it will set you up for success. The word assume is made up of six letters. A stands for assess the situation. What's the dispute about? Is it entirely the other person's fault? 
Or do you have some responsibility as well for the difficulties? Then again, does your adversary make a habit of being difficult? Check around. Is he or she difficult with everybody in the same way? Or is there something about our own behaviour which is contributing unwittingly to that difficult situation? Here's an important step. S is for stop wishing they were different. It's amazing how much energy we waste waiting for somebody to change, wishing they were different. Much better to accept them as they are, accept that they're manifesting difficult behaviour for whatever reason, and move on to the next stage. The second S is for step back. Remain objective. Keep your cool. Assess the situation. Remember the first step. U is for understanding your strategy. When you've listened to this tape, you'll have a whole range of new approaches for dealing with difficult behaviour. Understand your strategy. Know what you're going to do and how you're going to tackle it. And that takes us to M, which is for master the situation. Choose a moment if you can, preferably when you're sure of getting the other person's full attention. If your plan calls for being alone with them, make sure that you won't be interrupted. And then use the strategies that are demonstrated on this tape to nip that difficult behaviour in the bud. E is for expect to have to do it again. With most types of difficult people, you can expect at some time or other to have to remind them firmly that you will not accept their bad behaviour. This shouldn't be done in an I told you before kind of way. Simply repeat the strategy that worked for you the first time. If you work with the public, you're more likely to have a regular turnover of difficult people. How can you refine your skills to be more effective next time? Look at the results of your action and ask yourself if it can be improved. Keep your strategy handy and be ready to use it on the next occasion. Think of the word assume to guide you through these six simple steps to help you focus. And next time you come up against a difficult person, or beforehand if you have the chance, remember to run through this checklist before you respond. As I mentioned earlier, there are eight different types of difficult behaviour that are categorised for this type of exercise. Once you've learned the characteristics of each of these types of groups and the ways of responding to them, you'll have a pretty fair toolkit for dealing with almost any type of difficult situation. The first and generally most hostile and intimidating of these people is called the steamroller. These people are aggressive and hostile, they want their own way, they need to control their environment. They talk loudly, they're brash and insistent, they use bullying behaviour, but they're not bullies. Their overriding aim is to get their own way, that's all they're interested in. The name is Martin. I have an appointment to see Dr. Groom. I'm sorry, Mr. Martin, but the doctor isn't here today. He left an hour ago for a conference. What do you mean he isn't here? Damn it, I'm a busy man! Don't you think I've got better things to do than waste my morning like this? Look, check again. You've obviously made a stupid mistake. I have checked most carefully. Your appointment is for tomorrow. That's ridiculous. I wouldn't be here today if that were the case. Look, stop trying to cover up whoever's made this mistake and tell me how you're going to put it right. Mr. Martin, what is your job here anyway? Look, get me someone who can sort this out. Now! Well, don't just stand there looking more stupid than you are. Obviously, you haven't got much idea. But get me someone who has. Jump to it! I'm not sure that you... I don't believe this is happening. 
Do you realise that I play golf with your employer? Dr Groom happens to be a very good friend of mine. I'm not just some mug you can fob off with your excuses. You'll have a high jump when he hears how you felt up. What's your name? What do you want? Your name, damn it. Mary Ford. Well, Miss Ford, there'll be trouble. You mark my words. Well, what on earth? How could I let him get away with that? Steamrollers can be really difficult to deal with, so what do we need to do about them? Well, the first thing to know is you need to stand firm. If they're standing, you stand. Match their body language. Avoid an argument. You won't win. Stick to the point. They may throw in personal insults and attacks, but just agree with what is factual and ignore the rest. These people are expert button pushers. They love to get us shouting at them or to weaken our defences in that way. So we need to acknowledge what they say, remain cool, let them know that we value their opinions as far as they're factual. If you disagree with them, tell them. Say, I disagree, or I don't share that point of view. But then ask for more information to continue the conversation in a constructive way. If they interrupt you, which they frequently do, you simply say their name, for example, Mr. Smith, you interrupted me, and then continue. If they interrupt you a second time, you say, Mr. Smith, you interrupted me again. Avoid making the tone of that again sound too angry or accusatory. That'll just lead to more retaliations. An important point to remember with this aggressive, steamrolling type of behaviour is you perhaps need to engineer a break for yourself. Find a plausible reason to leave the room, to change direction, to go look at the notes, or to make a call to check out the veracity of their claims. My name is Martin. I have an appointment to see Dr. Groom. I'm so sorry, Mr. Martin, but the doctor isn't here today. He left an hour ago for a conference. What do you mean? He isn't here. Damn it, I'm a busy man. Don't you think I've got better things to do than waste my morning like this? Well, check again. You've obviously made a stupid mistake. I have checked most carefully. Your point is for tomorrow. That's ridiculous. I wouldn't Mr. Be... Martin, you interrupted me. I was going to say, let me try his mobile. He can't have got far. Maybe I can still catch him. I don't believe this is happening. Do you realise that I play golf with your employer? Dr. Groom happens to be a personal friend of mine. I'm not just some mug you can fob off with your excuses. You're for the high jump when he hears how you fouled up. What's your name? Why don't you have a seat for a moment? I'll see what I can do. Hello? Dr. Groom. Mr. Martin has arrived at the surgery. Yes, I believe so. Mr. Martin, I have Dr. Groom here for you. Hello, Groom. Look, someone's running your surgery in at the ground here. Well, they can't even get their appointments sorted out properly. Eh? Well, if someone got it wrong on my end... Yeah. You can? Well, yes, of course I'll hold on. As long as it's not for too long. 20 minutes? Well, fine. Oh, thanks. Well, what do you know? He's coming back. I'm so glad I was able to help. Take a seat. Would you like a paper? Uh, yeah, thank you. What's your name again? Mary. Mary Ford. Well, thank you, Mary. Thanks very much.
The things never to do with a steamroller, the three don'ts are don't get into a fight because you won't win, don't try and calm them down by using soothing words or placatory gestures, and don't buckle under the pressure. Plan a graceful withdrawal. The second category in the group also uses hostile and aggressive behaviour, but less overtly. I call this person the gorilla. Just like an urban terrorist, a gorilla will sneak around just part of the crowd until they decide to strike. They use sniping tactics, and they can be just as destructive as the first group. Well, I've finally got all the details together and done the calculations on how much we spent from the train budget. We've been waiting so long for these details, we thought you'd gone to Brazil with the money. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know that we have still got a substantial part of the budget left for more training this year. Oh, good. Perhaps we can set someone on a course for preparing accounts quickly. <laughs> We've only spent half as much so far this year as we had by the same time last year. Yeah, that's because some of us have been working twice as hard. We haven't had any time for training. <laughs> I'll type up the figures and um, circulate them by the end of the week. Gorillas too are being unpleasant, but they just aren't brave enough to stand up and say so, the way a steamroller would. In fact, they can often seem harder to deal with than steamrollers because their attacks are covert. They get us wondering if it's we who are wrong. After all, aren't they only joking? In fact, when tackled about their behaviour, their standard defence is you're too sensitive or can't you take a joke? Which leaves us questioning ourselves. Gorillas play to the audience. They use jokes and laughter to hide their attacks. They make their victims look foolish and we tend to either ignore their remarks or join in with the good-natured laughter. Both are fatal. The way to deal with the gorilla is to first get them alone, or, if you really have to tackle them in front of the group, do it in the following way. Well, I finally got all the details together and done the calculations on how much we spent from the train budget. Yeah, we've been waiting so long for these details, we thought you'd gone to Brazil with the money. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know that we have still got a substantial part of the budget left for more training this year. Good. Perhaps we can send someone on a course for preparing accounts quickly. <laughs> hey, excuse me, Paul. Huh? I know you're getting laughs from everyone, but it sounds to me as if you're having a go at me. Is that right? Right then. You'll be pleased to know that there is still a substantial amount of the budget left for more training. Yeah, that's because some of us have been working twice as hard. We haven't had any time for training. <laughs> I'm sorry about this, everybody, but... Paul seems to think that speed is the essence when it comes to managing the training budget. Personally, I would have thought accuracy was more important. Is there anyone else who shares Paul's view that I've taken too long? Okay then. Here's the good news. We've only spent half as much so far this year as we had by the same time last year. I'll type up the figures and circulate them by the end of the week. These people's covert attacks need to be tackled head-on. If possible, to disarm them and build a little rapport. Say something like, You know, Nigel, it was really funny what you just said, but I thought I sensed a criticism. Did I? And then wait for the reply. Now, of course, there's always the possibility that somebody might say, Yes, I did mean to criticise you. In which case, 
we have an overt criticism and it can be dealt with as such. But there's a better than 90% chance that the person will simply say, well, no. In either case, you tell them that you would much prefer that in future, if they have something to say about the quality of your work or the way you're behaving, you would prefer that they say it directly to you. And watch out, it may happen again. Guerrilla behavior is usually quite an ingrained habit and one that may not be broken the first time around. If they start the games with you again, repeat the same approach. And this time, make it clear in an unemotional way and making no excuses for yourself that you find their behavior unacceptable. When you become the target of a gorilla, there are three things not to do. Don't ever laugh at their remarks. Don't pretend it isn't happening. And above all, don't join in the game and try and reply with a quip. Not unless you're a lot better at it than they are. And even then you risk turning guerrilla behavior into open warfare. Sometimes a gorilla's remarks are related to you by someone else. In that case, the first thing you need to do is to get the other person's permission to quote them. This is most important because it ensures corroboration and accuracy. And they may resist that, but keep at it. And then go back to the offending gorilla with the information and go through the steps I've already covered. Again, the important thing here is to tell the person that in future, if they have anything to say that concerns you, that they say it directly to you. That way you can deal with it. Some people are continually highlighting problems. I call them the grussers. When others are trying to solve a problem or improve a procedure, they go to work casting a negative pull over everything. They're the eternal pessimists, and their entire conversation seems to be slanted in favour of doom and gloom. They don't intentionally start out to throw a wet blanket over every idea. It's just that they feel powerless to change anything because they've never learned what it is to have power or to be in control of their own destiny. They've learnt instead this negative way of being and perhaps as an insurance against disappointment, they're never prepared to raise their sights or to see things in a more optimistic light. Hi, and how things? How do you think? Six weeks of waking up with the most impossible conditions, cramped in this tiny office, I'm sure it's against regulations. I'm supposed to have some semi square feet or something. Well, you don't know how lucky you are. Look at that nice view you've got from your window there. <gasps> view? Fat lot of good that is. I never get time to look at it. Even if I could, twisting round in my chair to sit, I'd probably do myself an injury. Well, you could turn your desk round a bit, then you'd be able to work and look out of the window. <gasps> I haven't got time for all that. What did you want me for anyway? Yes. Well, you know that we're having a meeting of the whole department tomorrow afternoon. I'd like you to call all the supervisors and politely remind them to be on time. Call who? Do you know how many there are? Besides, all great two supervisors will be tied up today, so I won't be able to reach them. Well, do your best, and I'll check back later. Don't bother. I told you. Even if I can get through, we've had terrible problems with this telephone system lately. So even if I can get through, most of them won't be there anyway. You'd do better to cancel the meeting.
Russ seems to start from the point of view that in any event things can only go wrong or get worse. Having to deal with this difficult behaviour can be frustrating and tiring, but there are ways of getting around it. First thing to remember is to stay out of their negative spiral. Acknowledge what they say, but don't agree with it. Reframe their negative interpretations. Acknowledge their complaints and feelings without agreeing with the negative aspects. Confirm their negative statements if need be and add tag suggestions. That means add a positive statement at the end. For example, acknowledge that it's raining and say that you're looking forward to a time when the fine weather comes back. Use and to link statements rather than but. Grouses have an ability to see negativity everywhere. Now, it could be that some of their criticisms are genuine, so acknowledge their insight and ask what might be done in a factual, problem-solving way. Thank them for their observations, but let them know that you will be going ahead and doing things anyway, despite their obstructiveness. In other words, you're accepting what they say, but not the belief behind it. Hi, Anne. How are things? How do you think? Six weeks I've been putting up with the most impossible conditions, cramped in this tiny office. I'm sure it's against regulations. Are we supposed to have so many square feet or something? I know it's not very big. The advantage is that you can reach everything from where you're sitting. Now, Anne, you know that we're having a meeting of the whole department tomorrow afternoon. I'd like you to call all the supervisors and politely remind them to be on time. Call who? Do you know how many there are? Besides, all Grade 2 supervisors will be tied up today, so we'll be able to reach them. There are 13 of them. It may take a couple of hours, but I know how thorough you are and that you'll do it properly. Don't count on it. We've had terrible problems with this telephone system lately. And even if I can get through, most of them won't be there anyway. It's Thursday. Well, you've been having trouble, have you? Well, keep a note if you have any more problems with the phone and I'll get it checked out. Now, anything more you need from me to get the job done? I won't be able to reach all of them. What do I do about that? Well, if you can't manage to contact some of them, let me know and I'll handle it myself. But thanks for pointing it out. I didn't know they could be so difficult. Now, keep a note of the times you call and the number of calls you make. It could be that I need to have a word with them about their availability in the future, but I'll need facts. Notice too how Martin, in the sketch, reframed his colleagues' complaints as information. He took it as positive, factual, action-based information on which he could act. The three don'ts with a grouser are don't challenge their negative logic. Remember, they need it. And besides, it's been said of the grouser that if you tell them that every cloud has a silver lining, they'll just point out to you that that silver lining could drop out any moment and kill somebody. The second don't is never try and cheer them up. And don't reinforce their negativity by agreeing with it. The fourth category of difficult person is the one I call the shadow. Shadows know that information is power. Other less charitable people might even call them gossips or busybodies. They gather this information and use it in a way that gives them an air of importance, the implication being that only someone of importance would be privy to such facts. Unfortunately, many of the facts they have to peddle are only half true or even totally wrong. 
When confronted with these inaccuracies, they lacked hurt and shocked. After all, how could anyone accuse them? And all they were trying to do was to share information for the benefit of the company or someone else or the church or whatever. You'll have trouble actually seeing a shadow doing any work. They seem to shadow everyone else. They always know what's going on and who said what to whom and what's happening in the other office. And yet they're always uninvolved. When you press them for where they got their information, they become vague or mysterious. Sir, sir, have you got a moment? Oh, hello there. I wanted to see you. How are things going? Well, the same as usual, I suppose. Have you heard about Mr. Rowe's problem? Problem? What problem? What's he been doing? Well, it's not so much as what he's been doing as what he's not been doing. Well, I expect he'll sort it out, whatever it is. Now, about the information I asked for... Oh, but it's not just him. Janice in radiography hasn't been able to get any work done for almost two weeks. Hasn't she? Well, I hope things settle down there soon. Now, about those details I wanted. Oh, I've hardly had time with all these disruptions. Well, it has been a week since I asked for it, don't forget. I must have it by Friday. Of course. No problem. Oh. What's that on your jacket? Oh, I was uh, rooting around at the library for some files. I've told you before, if you need anything from the library, you only have to ask me. You know I'm the only one around here who knows where anything is. <laughs> Great. Then how about that information I asked for? Oh, is that the time? I promised I'd stand in for Mrs. Ramsey while she had her eyes tested. Shadows are masters of vague innuendo and a web of rather complicated stories. When it comes to doing their own work, these people are also very capable at developing what I call the multiple file system, hiding what they actually do in a complex system which only they can understand. Incidentally, this also renders them irreplaceable, so they think, so that when they're out of the office, nobody but nobody can access the system. Of course, when they then go back to work, their self-esteem gets an added boost, because they usually arrive back to a backlog of problems which built up while they were away. Problems caused because only they had some vital, though trivial, piece of information. They're probably the only one who knows where the tea money's kept, or how to contact the man who repairs the boiler. Occasionally, though, these problems may be more serious. Shadows can work their way higher up the ladder and create havoc. With regard to their own lives and work, shadows have learned that if they postpone a major decision long enough, it may go away altogether. The way to deal with this behaviour is first to help them voice their concerns. But we need to stay out of their web of intrigue and avoid the innuendo. Let them know that you're not interested in their oblique comments by either ignoring them or pinning them down to facts. Ask precise questions to clarify and to simplify what they're saying. Then, offer a reduced list of possibilities, or courses of action based on their main points. Define their boundaries, telling them that it will simplify things for them. And provide support where appropriate, without compromising yourself. These people are usually very thorough and able employees or colleagues. Before leaving the discussion, check to see if there's any other business. Shadows have a wonderful way of pulling things out of the hat later on and saying, you never asked. Check back regularly. 
maintaining any authority you have or giving any support you're able to give. And remember that shadows can quickly become over-familiar if encouraged too far. This is because it strengthens their feeling of being special. Sir? Sir, have you got a moment? Oh, hello there. I wanted to see you. How things are going? Well, the same as usual, I suppose. Have you heard about Mr. Rowe's problem? If Mr. Rowe has a problem, I'm sure he'll come and tell me about himself. Now, I asked for some information from you. Oh, but it's not just him. Jason Radiography hasn't been able to get any work done for almost two weeks. I spoke with Janice this morning, and it appears there are no problems in radiography. What I'm more interested in from you is that information I asked for. When can I have it? Oh, I've hardly had time with all these disturbances. Well, how have these disturbances affected your work? Well, I've been trying to help Mr. Rose sort his problems out, and then there was Ethel. Um, Anne, if you have a specific problem relating to your work, then please come and tell me and we can try and sort something out. I can do my work okay. It's just with all the interruptions Don't and... feel you have to be there to sort other people's problems out. What we want from you is the tasks that you're given. Do as described in your job description. And at the moment, I'm most interested in seeing the information I asked for a week ago. Sorry. I'll go and do that for you immediately. Thank you. When handling these types of people, there are a few things that you should never do. Don't join in the intrigue, or appear to enjoy the innuendo. Don't reinforce their vagueness by accepting overcomplicated situations, long rambling stories or explanations. And don't leave loose ends. They could tie you up in knots later on. found this episode useful. I'm always here if you have questions. You can contact me via my website at www.barrywinbolt.com. Send me an email or use the contact form on the website. In my next episode, I'll cover the remaining four characters. They are the complainers, the silent types, congenials, and what I've called the expert. I'll see you there. Bye for now. <laughs>